The Danger Junior Milky Chick Hour is sponsored by Horny Tony's Milky Chicks. Friend of the show and enemy of the state, Horny Tony has solidified his formula that combines both whole milk and raw chicken into one easily digestible product. This product is guaranteed to eliminate all free thought you have and only think about Horny Tony and his milky chicks. We'll hear more from them and their special offer later in the show. Hi, welcome to the Danger Junior Writer's Room, the only show that starts with Blake getting a beer and opening it on microphone. You have to do it now. Hold on, God. No, open the beer. Damn. Open the beer. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. If you can guess what kind of beer that is, we will send you 40 cases of water. Nice. I'm one of your hosts, Austin Zessen, and I'm going to introduce everyone else in the room. Uh, but first, let's talk about the show really quick. The Danger Junior Writers Room is a show where the Danger Junior comedy troupe and their friends get together, uh, write some sketches, do some first draft reads, and talk about what works, what doesn't work. Uh, and I'm going to go around the room and ask the table, what do you think Logan's hands smell like? Blake. Logan's hand scent you can't google Uh, it no 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 i wasn't googling i was typing it down for my notes that's going to be the main character logan's hand scent uh hi i'm blake brown let me give me that fucking hand come here you have to guess you have to guess (laughs) i bet it smells like fucking sushi Uh that's a good guess logan sush i have not smelled my hands Mm mm-hmm what the fuck was that? <laughs> smelled Are you I'm kidding me? I'm not going to guess. I'm Logan. I'm not going to guess the scent of my hands. I'm going to guess the scent of my name brother Logan Paul's hands. As you all know, Logan Paul recently got into boxing. I'm going to say his hands probably smell like sweat and blood. Here's to you, Logan Paul. And we love Logan Paul here at the Danger Junior. Isn't, That's our take. Uh, That's isn't our Logan take. Paul in prison or something? He, he went to prison for looting. Or he went to jail for looting. All right, well, um, Logan Paul, mixed reviews, but always positive, Megan Castleberry. You know what Logan's going to smell like. Come on. Come on, son. Come What's, on, son. Uh, what are you alluding to? What's Come going on. on here? Logan and I are married. You know what they smell like. Come on. What, what's going on here? I don't Not know. pussy. <laughs> yeah, Megan, so they don't smell like pussy, so what could they smell like? They smell... Like my saliva, because I'd be sucking on them thumbs. Gross. That's disturbing. <laughs> That's gross. disturbing, and I feel compelled to... Uh, God, hey, Blake, that's spit. love, okay? Yeah. I guess so. I guess I wouldn't I get guess that. I don't Brittany, like love. Um, if regardless. Brittany is not sucking your thumbs, I hate to break it to you, man. It's, it's not going to last. Sorry, Brittany. It's not going to last. You heard it here first. <laughs> we'll get to Blake's she sucks on my toes in a minute. But first, Close let's enough. talk to Jimmy D. Um, I like to think that Logan's hands smell like uh, porcupine's little feet mm-hmm. after just rummaging through the forest. Do they have feet or paws? Uh, I thought they were resemblant of just like a tiny baby's foot. 
like four left baby's feet. Interesting. I guess true. I've never seen one. Is that why they're so fast? Oh, wait, that's hedgehogs. That's kind of why they run in a circle when they're very excited because of the four baby's feet that they have. Mm, I think they smell like mandolin orange, both the band and the fruit. Mandolin orange or mandarin? mandarin. Fuck. We don't know what things are. So I think that means Austin's racist. Pork (laughs) or pine. All right. Well, we're going to talk for a little bit before we go into our sketch writing. And I think Megan has our question for the week as always. Boom. Worst breakup. What is it? I want to know. Tell me about. I have one, by the way, so if, if you want me the to worst breakup. I'm gonna. Go for it, I'm, Logan. A, I'm, yeah. a, I'm actually go first because mine's lame. Okay. Um. So I've dated, like, been in a relationship with two people. Everyone else, I like, went on dates with and didn't really date. I've been in a relationship with two people. One of which is Logan. Um. Nice. And, and we did break up Total for a success. time, but our breakup was not anything special. We met at a coffee shop and we were like, "Yeah, I don't think it's working out," but. The only other relationship I have been in um, is a he, he was a he was a friend he was in my friend group in high school, and essentially we like kind of hung out a lot as friends, and so everyone was like, "Oh, y'all should date." And we were like, "Yeah, that'd be chill." So then we like dated for like a month, and then uh, when that ended, I I was like, "Hey, man, I think that we're just fr- being friends right now. I don't even think that we're really dating. We're just like." hanging out more just the two of us instead of as a group and he was like yeah i think that's it so it was just one day on a tuesday uh in the choir room that i was like hey friend uh i think we should break up and he was like all right wow wow that's really riveting and yeah uh, we're gonna that that seriously uh, is the worst breakup maybe of all time yep really inspiring i don't think you know what how a breakup is supposed to go the fu- the fun part about that is that he went on to date two other girls before I think now he's married, um, and both of them he has a type. I'll say that. Oh, blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just yes. like Megan. I wasn't gonna say anything. I've never mentioned your disability until now because I'm, obviously I'm very sensitive. Yeah, yeah over- it also doesn't matter when you're yeah. on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, so I just never thought why we, we do an audio up. only for format. the listener. Uh, Megan's blind, <laughs> and it shouldn't matter, but it does. I didn't know for matter. three years. I didn't know. It doesn't matter. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at hiding it. Logan, let's talk about your your worst breakup. So I don't know. Like I haven't had a lot of like terrible like most of my breakups have been pretty amicable but this is for sure the worst um i ever was breaking up with someone or at least the worst a breakup has ever gone in my life which is i was dating this girl and (laughs) we were horny I don't know if you guys have ever had a relationship like that, but it's like, that's why we were dating. I've never had one like that. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, I've been there. Um, You know, that's why we were together. Um, And we didn't talk. We didn't really, like, I don't know. When we hung out, we didn't even do anything. Like, we would just make out. Uh, And, you know. Nice. Did you hold her hand? Yeah, I held her hand. Dude, up top. Yeah. (laughs) Even one time, I touched a booby. <laughs> you were like, how old? Like, what, 24? I was like 95. This was my last life. 
<laughs> this is my last incarnation. <laughs> and no, so I'm dating this girl, and I knew it was going downhill. And I neither of us really had any feelings for each other, and I just kind of wanted out. So we both were getting real bored, and I texted her. We used to hang out on this golf course, and I texted her, and I was like, "Hey, I want to meet you at the golf course. I want to talk about something." She 100% knew what was going down. 100%. Um, she was like, "Okay, I'll meet you there." And that's how she talked, and that's why we broke up. By the way, is because that's because how she, she talked. talked like that. Yeah, well, I'll meet you at the place. What does she have? That's thirty-year-old smoker. No, not when it's like literally all the time. When you like wait, when you see them at school in the morning, and you're like, and they sound like they're on the verge of coming. She didn't actually sound like this. This is not what she sounded like. What is she like a uh, divorcee? Wino. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to my a divorcees. squared plus b squared equals c squared. You, you were her little pool uh, boy. Uh, oh. <laughs> Can I get a two horny? <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead and cut uh, that in post right now. Horny, yeah. horny. So the point of the story, uh, my friends and actually my roommate now with me, and you all know him and love him, Matt Drury, uh, and a bunch of my other friends at the time were all at my house, and they all knew that it was about to happen. And I was stupid enough to tell them and be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go break up with this girl," and so they followed me. <laughs> Uh, they followed and me. And y'all just beat the shit out of her. And then we just beat that bitch blind <laughs> right in the middle of the golf just course. Just like me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was Megan. It was it, Megan. They made up. Yeah. And that's why we're back together. Yeah. Her voice changed and yeah. she became blind. Uh-huh. Guess it works. Guess I got a type. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, so they followed me to the golf course and i mean at the time i'm like probably 16 and so i kept being like get, get out of here go on you better stop following me because i can go break up with my girlfriend and, the, and <laughs> in reality i could have just told her it was off and not gone but in my head i was like events have been set in motion that cannot be stopped right so they followed me and then they hid while i was breaking up with this girl were they hiding the sand trap no, they hid in like off to the side and in you some know bushes. That Matt in the rough, face then. down. Oh, Matt that's went not, full face down. I, I, I know. Yeah, just, okay. I want to play into that bit, but that was a reference. It's, yeah, it's he a, did not. Two yeah, episodes, eight episodes ago, oh, seven episodes ago, seven thousand. Yeah, so nice. everybody is hiding. I have one friend who literally climbs into a dead tree and is mm-hmm. just in the tree. I have a friend who's in some bushes off to the side. And Matt gets, we're on a bridge. He goes underneath the bridge and is under the bridge. That's so Matt. Women. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I thought it was funny because I feel like Matt had the best hiding spot because he was under the bridge. like Under the bridge. <laughs> completely hidden. And I had a friend who was in a dead tree above us. Like, there's no leaves on it. It's just branches. It, he's easily visible. Like, you can see him. And the only person that she noticed, she was like, Logan, don't look now. But there's someone under the bridge. <laughs> like, <laughs> so then he just let go and, like, flopped into the water up face down. Like, <laughs> it is the typical Matt. No, it was just terrible. And, and I, I was like, we should go somewhere because there's a bunch of people. And so then we left. And it was up a couple of rooms cried. So. It was just bad. You it cried? Was all around bad. Huh? Yeah, I cried. I cried for her. I'll say it. No. You, a boy, I'll say cried? It. I cried for her. I'll say it. So the friend that was in a tree, was he also like, did he have like one leg up against the tree and had like a sucker in his mouth and like flipping a coin and just like looked like real menacing? 
Yeah. I like to imagine that. Like he's about to make a deal. That's exactly what it was like. like. a shady deal. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah. in a tree with a peg leg. Mm-hmm. And a sucker in his mouth. Not peg leg, but like a leg mm. up against... You know like when you lean up against a wall? Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, like one leg up. One leg up. With the knee pointed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly how it was. It was Briar. And he's kind of like licking his it lips. It was Briar. Okay. I know. Yep. Very interesting. Yeah, it was Briar. Okay. Just since wow. y'all know him. I was like, that'll be fun for them. And what we know Briar. Who else has got a bad breakup? I don't I don't think I have any breakups that are particularly memorable. I just remember breaking up with someone badly. Like we went to uh, this really interesting food place. And I think we both knew that we were going to break up. And I might have told you guys a story. But uh, I, I broke up with her like right when we ordered the food yes. instead of like waiting for like to like eat the food and being like, Oh, you know, also, you know, we should break up. Dude, you should have just taken her to coffee. Well, I was hungry and this place honestly <laughs> like had savagery. very good reviews. I like and, savagery, bro. And the, uh, yeah, honestly it was a really good place. I think we I felt good because, you know, we had just re- these really cool, like interesting burgers on uh, Mainer, downtown Austin. Shout out Austin for having great food and mm-hmm. great breakup spots. I do have great food. Mm-hmm. I also have great breakup, breakup spots. God damn it. Thank you, bud. Mm-hmm. Uh, so That's my story. That what? How's your relationship with her now? Do you still talk to her? I don't follow any of my exes. It's just a rule of thumb. Okay. Because so if, they do, if they're doing well, it'll, it'll, it'll yeah. fuck with me. I see. But if they're doing bad... Well, the good thing is the good thing is that if if they are doing well and you do follow them on social media, you can make sure like you have control over that situation. You can kind of throw a wrench in their plans every now and then give them a little crank call, give them a call, say like, hey, uh, it's it's the tow truck company. We towed your car and then hang your grandmother. And she's like, where's my car? And then you can force them to have a bad day. Yeah. There's a song but about this from Darwin Dees. It's very good. Uh, look yet. that up. Killer. For the listener. Blake, how would you move the car? How would I move? No, well, you're not, you're not going to move the car. You're just going to call them and say that it has been moved. And then, and gonna, then she what, leaves look her Look out the window and be like, no, it hasn't. And for t- and Do you honestly, keep your car right outside your window? I can see my car from the window. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mrs. And honestly, from from you know, for for ten seconds, their day takes a turn, and you have control over. The, I'm just kidding. This is terrible. <laughs> if you're a listener and you do this, you suck. Don't follow my advice. So you just call you, it. You could do it just, though, like if you wanted to, but Jimmy, don't do it. Jimmy, do you mind if I ask? How do yeah. you find relationships? You don't date in friend groups, do you? You just uh... I I'm willing to. I honestly don't have any stringent rules for myself, or I don't even have a type. I don't think. How honestly. many women have you killed? Um, I've <laughs> killed. I brought back to life three. I'll say whoa. that first. Whoa. And I've killed eight. That's oh, a that's pretty good ratio. That's kind of. I think. It Wait, did you out. kill eight women and then brought back to life three different women, or like no? Part these of the eight? I, these needed to stay dead. Okay, but, so you killed eight, and then yeah. you found three other dead bodies and brought them back. Well, home. it was a mix. It, you know, I, I don't have a straight record. I wish I God, did. Damn. I wish I could be that. I will say story, but. your your ratio compared to, like, God's ratio is a lot lower. So, like, it's well, probably... That's I mean, true. He's also just one guy. Yeah, that's true. He brought back... 
what two Lazarus, three people? Lazarus, and himself, Jesus, Jesus yeah. and he's killed Muhammad. everyone else who's ever lived. <laughs> yeah, God's Elvis. got a good. God's got a good kill ratio. He's got a good kill gig. His KDA yeah. is like <laughs> <laughs> through the roof. <laughs> Just All right. Go get the bounty. I got to go to church after that one. Uh, <laughs> um, do you want to go or you want me to go? Uh, so I've never had a bad breakup from my perspective. Um, most you of the time. Break hearts. Um, well, whenever I broke up with someone, it was like, yeah, that makes sense. And I'll get upset for, or she'll get upset for a little bit. But then it's like, yeah, in the long run, we're just not compatible people so and have was, you ever been broken up with or you do you do the breaking up call me call me i'll, I'll tell you about one time i was broken up with um this is the this is the the most pathetic i've ever been and that's like a really high bar to get to in the stories of me so this is pretty good um when i was a freshman i dated high school college high school i dated a junior girl okay mm. She was... Hold on just a second. If you're uh, listening to this right now, go ahead and give Austin a round of applause. He did it. Yeah. I'm not going to say her name, but she was I hear, pretty fine. I hear all of you clapping, and I'm so proud of all of you. Mm-hmm. Good job, really listener. Am. Thank yeah. you. So again, with this so this junior girl, and I start dating. It's a lot of making out. Oh, um, yeah. A lot of making out at her house. It oh, was yeah. Very hot, very intense. It was also... Um, uh, oh, I guess it kind of... Well... It's my drama director's daughter. Oh. So I also see her and her husband was my principal in middle school. Zoinks. So it's like a lot of authority figures. Yeah. Um, including and, your girlfriend. Including my girlfriend because she's older than me. Yeah. 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 And right. she puts a collar on your neck and pulls you around with a little warm bowl of milk. A little, little yank yank. <laughs> she you know makes I mean? you drink it. She makes <laughs> you drink warm milk. So we're going at it for a couple of months and then summer hits and she has a conversation with me. She's like, I'm going to camp. For a month, so I'm not going to see you for a while. Wow. Okay. Been there. Yeah. And then she comes back, and it's been like a month, and I'm like texting her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She kind of texts me back, and she gets me a call. She's like, mm, no. Yeah. And then I said through my tears, we could still be friends, right? No. Nope. <laughs> no. And we had no. to do no. drama for another you two years. You can't ever. Year. Yeah. And that like sucks. she was drama president. And I was drama treasurer. I was just telling not yeah. on this. I was just telling not on this. You can't shit where you eat, man. Dude, it's not on We're still friends to this day. I talk to her a good, good amount. I, compared to people I talked to in high school, I think I talked to her about like, she's like top three. I'm just I saying. Have, I have a short, very similar camp story that I think is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. In the summer that Logan and I were broken up, um, there was this guy that I was would just, kill him. we didn't date we just kill him. would meet up and make out a lot. Ugh. Um, Where is he? What's his he, name? <laughs> you know him. Son of a bitch! <laughs> He's in my own backyard. It's me. Yeah. He yeah. was very yeah. dramatic. In that, like, sometimes we would be like making out, and he would just like get upset about something and be like, "That's it, we're leaving." And just like end the makeout sesh and he, and would take me home and be like, no, we're not doing this. It was very odd. Anyway, so. That dude wasn't horny. That guy was a psychopath. I think you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, so. Oops. <laughs> so. Um, she has a type. <laughs> I left. I was going to work at a camp for a month that summer. And before I left, he had gone on. He was being dramatic about something. Um, and so I was like, whatever, like, it's not like we're dating, just I'll forget about it. So then about three weeks into being at camp, 
I get a letter from him. Um, a handwritten letter? A handwritten letter. Not just, and Ooh. Blake, not just handwritten. Uh, calligraphy. He wrote this shit with the little pen that you dip in the ink thing. Sounds like a, and write it. And like a real cuckold. And he is also at this camp with you, right? No. Oh, it's a different camp. Hey, what's his name? He, we <laughs> had made out for several weeks before camp. I left for camp and at that point, like for three days before I left for camp, we weren't talking because he was being dramatic. And then about three weeks in, I get a letter from him and he like writes this whole long apology. And he's like, I want to, I want to date you. Like, I want this to be exclusive and blah, blah, blah. And he's like using all of these like very flagrant, dramatic words and like being just crazy. Um, And so I read the entire thing out loud to all of my coworkers at camp um, and I still have the letter. He put it, it was like written on like fancy paper and the envelope that it came in was wax sealed with his family crest. Jesus what? Christ. Sounds like, like a real, Megan. what's his name? What's his name? What does it rhyme with? What does it rhyme with? Otto von Strassenberg. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Megan. I wish we could be together it's, forever. <laughs> I hate not being with you. His name this is, is right. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum sounds like a real cuckold. The one that got away. I'm just kidding, Jeff. With I'm so crime. sorry. I, still I love have, you. I still have the man. letter. I'll have to I've read it I've been thinking about the Jews and what to, I want to do with them with he you. He used to call me Rain. That was like his what nickname for fuck? me. This is not. <laughs> that's not real. This, this is, is a, it's, you. The, the letter says, dearest Rain. That's how it starts. You dated the protagonist from the worst Young adult romance novel is is who you dated. <laughs> Who's is, that one guy that writes all the shitty books? John Green, Dean Matthew Sparks, Sparks. both of them. Okay, yeah, John Sparks. This is just this is just a Portlandia character that you were. Yeah, my pretty dearest much. Rain. I thought of you today as I was picking daisies. That reminds me of that. Yeah, I never spoke to him again. That reminds me of the Portlandia sketch where Fred Armisen meets a guy and the guy's like, I need to have sex with your wife or else I'll take your life away. Yeah. And yeah. he tells the wife about it and she's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, we never spoke again. I just laughed about that yeah. for a long time. He's just sitting in a castle somewhere Sweet. brooding. Yeah, he's got like a long he's coat on. She? And long Honestly, hair, yeah. he's probably in the military. <laughs> The thunder cracks. Mm. Listen, I for the listener, my with rain. if she, if she still has this note like she says she does, yep. yes, we'll sell it to you. Put uh, put it up on Patreon. That's yep. I will sell it. We'll, I will we'll sell gladly it to you. sell we'll, it. We'll send it in a nice frame from an antique and I'll shop fart on probably. It I'm going to record Logan will fart on I'm going to record a dramatic reading Make of the letter sexy. and we're going to tag it on the end of this I episode. would actually <laughs> love that. That should be the preview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be great. What, what about you, Blake? Uh, I haven't had a lot of breakups because um, I don't know why. Uh, that's just how I roll, I suppose. But I, I was in I was in one um, several months long relationship before my eight year doozy uh, with my current beau. Uh, shout outs to Brittany Edwards. Brittany. I mean, bleep that out. Fuck. Uh, so what? she can sure me on the podcast. Okay. I'm going to dox my fiance, Brittany Edwards. <laughs> That's her name. Um, so prior to that, I was in a relationship. And I've talked about um, some of the mishaps that have happened in dates before. This is Brittany Edwards' phone in number. In this relationship. Read, but, <laughs> read it out loud. Um, <laughs> this, uh, this particular one was rough because at the time, I was an awkward person. And 
Yeah, at the time, and um, and I was bad at communicating. Uh, for the listener, if listen, if you're in a relationship <laughs> and you still uh, have trouble, yeah, you, you haven't figured figured yourself out. Where do my feet go? Really, like, where do your feet go? You know, if you yeah. can't answer that simple question, right, do I touch in, their teeth? To do with my now, hold on foot. a second. If you can't answer that simple question in the next five seconds of me asking you that, where do your feet go? If you if you don't if you don't know, maybe you should take some time for yourself. Break up with your girlfriend or boyfriend and take some time to really figure yourself out. Megan, there's I've nothing got, wrong with I've it. Got bad news, Megan. Ne- there's nothing wrong with it. I don't know where my so, feet go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean that was it. It wasn't like crazy because I've been in a relationship for about eight years now. Successful, happy, wonderful. Seriously, a lot of people would be jealous of this relationship. It's so good. I know I am. <laughs> <sighs> Jesus Christ. Um, hey, Blake. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's oh, it's nice. It's real nice. So I, uh, my wife. So in yep, that's a Borat quote. Uh, <laughs> so um, it basically went like this: I had her come over to my house, and then I think at the, at one point I didn't even know that I was going to do this, but at one point I was like, "Listen, um, I'm thinking maybe you know we don't hang out anymore." And it went pretty much like that. It wasn't even really a solid breakup. I can imagine. And then your dad was out. in the other room on drums, and he was like, "Yeah, goddamn Thomas." And then, um, and then, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, I don't know that it was clear. I don't know that it was clear or Ooh. I'm, I'm imagining. She's like, so what are we going to watch? I'm You're imagining still dating that girl. she was confused <laughs> by my methods. Um, but, uh, I don't do well with delivering hard news like that. Like, Hey, I don't think we should ever talk to each other again. Like, how do you tell somebody that? Can I ask without something? being a bad person, you know? You know, and that's how I felt. Like, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I want you to look at. I want you to look at Logan, and I want you to say, "Jesus Christ, man, are you all right? You need a beer? Yeah, CPR. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I want you to say, this. This is bad news. This is serious. No, I wasn't laughing just now. All right, I want you to say." <laughs> I wasn't laughing. I want you to say, (laughs) (laughs) in in a serious tone, I want you to say, your father was just eaten alive by a thousand birds. By a thousand birds. Okay. And uh, for the listener, I've been um, practicing reading a lot. So this is going to be really hard for me because I'm not able to read this unless I type it out right now. What was the, what was the quote? Your your father's just been eaten alive by a thousand flamingos. Just been eaten alive. Bye. You're the a slowest typer ever. He's Googling flamingos. Flamingo. Who types with their pinkies and just their pinkies? That's so gross. Mm. Okay, all right, I got it. <laughs> Logan, Logan, listen to me, man. Seriously, stop. No, stop sucking your toes. Your father's just been eaten alive. I get this a thousand flamingos that was incredible that was uh, that was very good that was really good 
Yeah, that was. Uh, so did she leave? In my head, by the way, I'm a flamingo. And that's yeah, like, no, she <laughs> she left. She left my. <laughs> that would be the bit. He like says it, and I like turn and, and look at him. You're and a, flamingo, a flamingo, and you say, "My family eats humans." <laughs> so uh, classic. She, she did leave um, because I I guess broke up with her, but like in she hindsight, know, dude. She in, she in hindsight, I can imagine how um, kind of an ambiguous, vague breakup could be so much more difficult to to deal with so for the listener if you're going to break up with your significant other um and with a vague Write breakup them a calligraphy letter do it uh with a very straightforward calligraphy letter and definitely make sure you address them as a rain yeah, refer to and them wax as, refer to them as some sort of precipitation at least if wax you know seal it with your family crest dear, if moist. you know your family crest get that uh, 3d printed wax it logan's been broken up with by letter I was going to ask if any of you guys have been broken up with by a letter. I've been broken up by that. Mm. I've never been broken up with. So. Text message. Does that count? Because I'm oh. a, I'm a no, valuable, mm. I'm, a, I'm a jewel of a person. A hot commodity. A hot. I've never, I don't think I've think ever been all, broken up with. I think you're with. also just frightening. You think I'm frightening? Get this, for the listener, um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Twin Peaks, and apparently so is Logan. Big He's fan. been watching it recently, so and he says to me, we, we were asking each other, which character from Twin Peaks we are. And Logan says to me, he says, you're Bob. You're Bob. You now, Bob, question, you're Bob, for uh, for the listener, if you're not a Twin Peaks fan, and you, if you're and not a you, Twin Peaks fan, you don't know about... Bit. This is also a spoiler. Twin <laughs> Peaks. Tell people about no, who Bob Bob's is. the main character. Bob's the main character. He's also the villain. He's, <laughs> he's the villain. Okay. And that's is what that Logan a thinks of me. That's crazy. Anyways, but yeah, if go you're ahead. break up with someone, make sure you give them closure. Anyways, Logan, tell your letter story. There's, there's not really much story to tell. I mean, I don't know. I was dating this girl. She wanted me to be a pastor, and I don't know why she thought. Yeah, I don't know why she it's thought the, I could be that. The reason I think this story is interesting is because it's the same girl that you were dating from that one story that you told, where the friend got all dolled up. Oh yeah, from the first episode we ever put out, Blady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blady. Blatney. Yeah. Blatney. Blady. Blady is Blady. It wasn't a real Blady. name. Blady. That one. No, I, I said Blady. Um. Yeah, I dated this girl, and and she just kept dropping hints that she was going to break up with me. She kept being like, "You're not what my family intended for me," and I was like, "What do they intend for you?" Like, <laughs> can you imagine saying like, that without the intention of breaking up? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. You also like picture like my father. Picks the best men for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, is this what is this? Because I'm not Asian. What? Your family wanted wanted me to be Asian or something. Why did you, you have to make it Asian, Logan? Because we know it's about pastors. She was Korean. He's a little oh, white. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Guess who's the asshole now? <laughs> Got him, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, she kept saying she wanted kids and she wanted to get married, and I didn't want any of that, and. Um, she went to work on a farm in Israel, like in the Middle East. Like she went to go live in Israel for the summer. Did she do that by choice? Was she farming sand? What is she farming? <laughs> Moisture farming, just like uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru. And she flew on a plane there. She didn't take a boat. She didn't walk. So that She's does not even count. Jesus. And she sent me a letter and said that she didn't love me and that I was still in love with my ex-girlfriend. 
and that she was breaking up with me. And, and you were in love with your ex-girlfriend. You're forgetting the best part is that she hooked up with a guy on the plane to Israel, and she put that in the letter. She did do that, and I got the letter, and I went to my brother's house, and because I, I thought we were smooth sailing. I thought everything was really good with me and her because I'm stupid, and I was like... Yeah, he thinks that about us right now. <laughs> Hey, no, you we guys can't break up because in the podcast <laughs> we can't, can't break up anymore. Yeah. Actually, yeah. you're under contract. You can't. Um, <laughs> look at the fine. But I went to my brother's house and I was like, "I'm gonna read this letter." She said, and I started reading it, and it was like, "My dearest Rain, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a fortnight since I've, I've yeah. seen you." Yeah. My dearest Snow, oh, that's fucking all. That she broke up with me. Okay. Is that what you wanted to hear? What you, what is that you what you people wanted to hear? Well, I think we could spice it up a little bit. Let's talk about Mamie. I don't know. She was starting to fight. I for killed her. her. Can I tell? Okay. You? I've got. A, I've got something go after Austin's thing. Okay. I was gonna say maybe she can mention like I don't know. She joined the you know Israeli Palestinian conflict and she's like blowing up hospitals on both sides. She's farming if them kills. She laid one single hand on a Palestinian child. I would bring them the entire wrath of Danger Junior. It's game upon over. Her. It's game over. We know where Logan stands. I'm a choker. Uh, I can choke people. God damn, bro. <laughs> I don't think that she would get that we were angry. Oh, she's into that. I once dated a girl who still lived with her ex-boyfriend. Oh. And that was the most drama I've ever had in my life. That's like an episode of New Girl right there. No. Yeah. That's actually the setup to New Girl. That's New Girl. Oh, my God. It is. Yeah. You're Zoe Did Dishanel. he like... <laughs> Did he like hang out while you guys were making out? Um, like, you guys want some drinks? He was never there because oh. I, I didn't. Yeah, I tried to fight him once. It was just a whole thing. What? You're, this yeah. is literally the episode of New Girl where Sam punches Nick. Oh. Sam. Oh, wait a minute. Her, her boyfriend and she's living with Nick and they get in a fist fight. Jesus. Yeah. And then I moved in with You're some Sam. roommates. Oh and there were two God. black guys yeah. and a Jewish guy. And then one of them quickly left the show. Well, they actually, you know, when Sal Volcano was there on yes. at the same time, so yes. they had to. Well, he came back. He, he came, came back because yeah. they're like, actually, it's twenty, it's twenty seventeen. We can't. Yeah, I did. Have two minorities I did on the screen super the think time. that that was funny that Damon Wayans Jr. was in the pilot, and then when he wasn't in the first episode, and they got Lamorne Morris, and it's like. What? Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, and then in 2015 they put Zoe Deschanel in a Trump costume and made her do an impression because oh, yeah, they I were like, he'll that. never win. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oof, that's on. Well, that's forever. That is forever. That is forever. And um, so I this... kind of blame now for the listener. I blame Zoe Deschanel. I blame Zoe Deschanel. The last four years are her fault. Zoe, if you're listening to our podcast, I was just kidding. Um, tell all your friends. <laughs> Uh, if you're a proud boy, you should be standing Zoe Deschanel right now. Is it? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's let, can we wrap it up? Um, yeah. I've got one more story. Now that I've th- now that I've no, we can wrap it up. No, well, now we have to know. Yeah, we got to know. We yeah. have to know now. But it's Blake's story, and no one else can have a story. Nobody else. Hey, nobody. I else. actually have another story. Nobody else. Okay, Blake's talk. story, and then Logan's story, and then nobody else. Does anybody else have a story? Or? Logan, stop shopping around yeah, story. No, no, it's not. It's actually I've thought about it, and me think me me uh, telling this story would just make the listeners sad. Well, and can I you think tell that, it in like this is five your, words or less? This is also your weekly. Tell it from the session, other person's like, so. perspective. Oh, 
so that um, Megan's, it's less sad. Okay, Megan's just no. That would actually make me feel worse because I. Okay, no, I'm not gonna do it because it's about me breaking up with my current girlfriend, fiance. <gasps> oh, today you did that. Yeah, it really sucked. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of why I'm in Jimmy. such a weird mood right now because you seem I very I, chipper. I just broke up. I well look. Is that I, why she didn't bring the car over when no, you it was earlier? And no, no, everything was fine. Um, Are you staying here at this place? Yeah, everything was fine um, prior to like six o'clock ish. That's uh, Central Time mm-hmm. um, for the listener. And um, I was uh, I pulled up to the parking lot and I and I called Brittany Edwards. My fiance, and I mean not anymore. You broke up. Five one two seven four. You'll get, nine, you'll get used to it. Eight seven six seven. Brittany Edwards. That's not the right phone number. That's my Just burner get, cell happened? phone, though. What happened? So, uh, so I called her um, because I forgot the key to this house, and I, I was gonna say like, "Hey, is there any way you could bring this over?" It's ten minutes away. It's small inconvenience. Uh, it, it would keep me from driving for 30 minutes, you know, or, or being gone for 30 minutes. And she didn't answer the phone twice. Wow. So, She's not a ride or die. So, you know, you got to really re-examine your priorities at that point. And so I drove home and I delivered the bad news. Um, and, uh, and, it's, and it's really... <laughs> Wild. It really sucks because, like, you were just talking about living with your ex and then dating another person. Yeah. And I hope it doesn't come to that, but apparently I'm going to be living with my ex for a while. Damn, I was really yeah. excited because about going to your wedding next year. Yeah, you were going to be going to my wedding for sure. It was going to be a great wedding. Yeah, I have the invite on my fridge. Yeah, I'm going to have to throw that away. Like, you're a strong guy, I will say it, because you had the tolerance to let her not pick up twice. I know. I, I gave her, if Megan missed one call, you're I out gave of her two chances. Game. I take all of her money too. I actually yeah. I got an Apple Watch so that I always know when Logan's gonna call me. Mm-hmm. So like it'll it'll ring that way I never miss mm-hmm. one. Of Is this his shock calls. you? Because sometimes like when I see a light up, I you, put a little like thing. Yeah, I put a little, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and it's to make sure that I don't miss his calls because if yeah. I do, then I get. Um, uh, you can tell. You can tell them what you get. <laughs> Just raise raise one hand up if it's yeah. physical. Raise the other hand up if it's emotional. Both hands. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we call we call them lessons. That's what we call them in my house. Jesus Christ. We call them lessons. All right, we're gonna we're Sean gonna, Connery. We're gonna cut yeah. the we're gonna cut the mic from before Logan says something weird. Okay, bye. See you after break. Reminder to all you milky chicks that Horny Tony is out there, and there is no escape. Horny Tony and his canned whole milk chicken army is hunting for you. You might be asking, Austin, are you joking? Do you maybe mean Campbell's cream of chicken? No. No, I do not. Horny Tony had some whole milk and raw chicken byproducts and created an unstoppable force. So join. Join the canned whole milk chicken before Horny Tony tears you a new one. Please, I beg you, for the love of God. Okay, back to the show.
All right, here we are. Welcome we back are. to the and writer's room. <clears throat> and no context needed for that ad. Nope. <laughs> None at all. Let's move on. All right, we got some sketches this week. We're going to start with me and go to the right. My sketch is pretty short. Pretty, and honestly, it's more like a story. I didn't like. I didn't know where to go. I wasn't mm-hmm. really feeling funny this week. But I did cast Blake. He's telling us he's our storyteller. You are playing Quentin McRae. Mm. Badass name. And I will be mm. reading action lines. Okay. okay. Um, and the three of you, make sure you're following along because um, yeah, you'll see. All oh, right. You'll see. What do, what do I got to know about Quentin? Quentin is, it's very stereotypical. You know, when you see on the TV, there's like a fireplace going and this old guy goes, hello, I'm here to tell you a story today. Okay. You know, before. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, Because, you know, <clears throat> I'm going to be reading some description of like the scenes, but you're going to be narrating over it. Um, so that's mostly the sketch. Gotcha. All right. This is Austin's sketch this week. Couldn't come up with a title. Interior, study den, night. In an elaborate mansion made with old money and even older secrets, an elderly man named Quentin McRae sits by the fire and contemplates with a pipe and smoking jacket. He ruminates as the camera slowly pushes in. Eventually, he looks up at the audience and addresses them. Good evening. Fires are such wonderful places for contemplation and remembrance. Remember all the glory one season lives through but also the regret that comes with it. I have right here an old journal of mine from the war, one I kept in a very secret compartment in my bag, something not even my commanding officer could get a hold of. Never in my 72 years would I have, I'm 72, never in my 72 years would I have shared the secrets this book held, but in, in, in my old age it's, becoming all too common, but in my final years, I hope the knowledge my foolish heart collected could be passed on to you. Quentin cracks open the book and begins to read. Interior, army base, flashback. A young and vibrant Quentin walks into an army base and looks over his new fellow recruits. March 1967, basic training. I was a lonely kid from Connecticut. I never got along with other kids, but the draft's the draft. All the other young recruits had made their cliques, their friends, and I was all alone again. Well, except for one. Quentin looks, and across the room he spots Reggie, a young black 19-year-old, keeping it real trim and a perfect smile. The two lock eyes. Oh boy, Reggie. I knew from the moment we saw each other we'd be fast friends, but I never knew what he'd mean to me. Soon, Reggie would fuck me in my tight little white ass. And I'd fuck him right in his... No, 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 no. Austin. No. What? I'm not saying that, man. What? Hole? Would you rather it be pussy? Like, was that your preferred word? No. Oh, my God. No, the N-word. Oh, come on. Come on what? That's not funny, man. I never said that this was a sketch. Look, this is a serious piece about young love being destroyed by the military-industrial complex and the capitalism that funds it. Yo, that's what's up. Logan, you're cool with the N-word. I'm cool with art, Blake, and that's what this is. Then you say it. You be Quentin McRae. Pass. Aha. Uh-huh. I'll say it. You'll be Quentin McRae, Megan. No, but I will say the N-word. Nick. Nope. <laughs> 
Nope, it has to be Blake. I casted him. He reads it. That's the deal. Here, look. We could all just say it together, so it's not as awkward. But I'm not. I'm not saying the N word on the mic. I'm not going to do that. Jimmy, we can't. Thank you. Why would five random people say the N word in the middle of Quentin's monologue? Quentin, go ahead. Austin, I don't say the N word off the microphone. I certainly won't say it for the whole world to hear it. But you're not Blake right now. You're Quentin McRae. Quentin McRae says the N word a lot, and also loosely throws out the term jungle fever throughout his tale. Seriously. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio isn't a racist because he doesn't say the N-word, only his character Mr. Candy and Django Unchained is. All right, uh, but is Tarantino at all to blame for writing it so much? No, no, I think the black community is cool with him. Yeah, we're totally cool with him. <laughs> Jimmy, you're not black. In this sketch, I am. What? What? I took creative liberties with my characters this week. What is this, one of those... Meta sketches where we, the host of the show, are actually characters in a sketch. A sketch where we talk about another sketch and a problem within it. Bingo. Isn't it so creative? No, no, it's not. It was funny when Dan Harmon did it once, but now that everyone's ranting and raving about Pickle Rick, overblown meta jokes have started to lose their effectiveness. Any writer... Fuck you, Austin. Any writer now can talk about the writing process and the difficulty within, but like, can any writer talk about the complex dynamics <laughs> of an interracial LGBTQ relationship in a period piece with even a morsel of genuine warmth and heart? Huh. Megan, you, you make a great point. We should continue on with the great story Austin was trying to tell. It'll certainly lead to a more interesting conversation than a metatextual sketch within a sketch. I guess you're right. So say it. What? Say the N-word, Blake. You mean Quentin? No, you're Blake now. And we're going to make you say the N-word. Or else I'll edit in a doctored version of you quoting David Duke and pledging to the Klan. You can... He can do that? I am an audio wizard when I want to be. I'm just really lazy and have poor time management skills some weeks. Wait, Austin. Logan, I'm on a hot streak. You better have something good to say. Yeah, you are hot. There's no disputing that. But I think I have a better ending. Than Blake saying the N-word? Yep. I think we should just continue on with the show. Oh, so my sketch doesn't actually end, but instead I can claim that I wrote everyone else's sketches and the conversations afterwards? Yep. You can take all the credit, bud. Perfect. All right, then. Let me continue on with the sketch. Quentin slits his throat, ending the story in a satisfying way. <sighs> Cut to black. All right, that was the end of my sketch. What did y'all think? Um, no one say anything. No one say anything. We're skipping the circle order, and we're reading my sketch, and we're starting right now. And okay. you'll see why in a second. Oh, my God. We're, Sorry, what? Jimmy. <laughs> Dude, she's been talking about this for three weeks now. I'm You're gonna know. so mad at you, Austin. <laughs> what? I'm so <laughs> mad. Okay. Logan, you're going to be playing Jeff. Cool. I'm Jeff. Um, I didn't even want, I didn't care going first. I'd fuck you, Austin. Logan, you're playing Jeff. Um, let's have uh, Austin play Sally. Okay. Jimmy, you're going to play Rain. When he says. And Blake, you're going to play Marv and JB. Which, what's your sketch? Eat the oh. Ridge. I'm, just I'm playing Jeff. Marv. Wait, who am I? I'm Rain. You are Rain. 
Marv. Okay, don't do a voice. Yeah. So Jeff is kind of pretentious, high class. Hey, Jimmy, do Marv you want to do a is voice? the quiet emo type. Please actually don't. <laughs> Please don't. Um, I so I'll do my normal voice. Rain- <laughs> this week is just shit on Megan. We're all gonna <laughs> fuck. Wait, fuck. Logan, every week shit on Megan. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Okay. I already we're gonna start my sketch. It's called Eat the Rich. Fuck you, Austin. (laughs) The doorbell of a mid-century middle-class American home rings. Jeff opens the door. We see Rain and Sally standing at the door with a large platter in hand. They all greet each other. Oh, it's so good to see you two. Congrats on the find, by the way. I can't believe you were able to score Arnold. Oh well, who could pass up a honeymoon in France? We figured we can make it an expedition while we were there. Yeah, we knew we had this potluck coming up, and we really wanted to go big this year. I don't think anyone is going to beat us. I don't know. I heard Marv has got something up his sleeve this year. No, there's no way. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Come on in. Get out of the chill. Sally stops in the foyer and hangs up her and Rain's coats. Rain heads to the dining room to set down the platter. They then find the nearest restroom and take a moment to relieve their bladder before the festivities begin. So, how's Rain doing? Oh, fine, I suppose. As well as a person could do for finding out their bladder is the size of a cashew. You know, the doctors say it's incredibly rare. We thought Rain was diabetic at first with how often they use the tinkle, but turns out they just have a ridiculous small urine collector. I wouldn't mention it to them tonight. It was hard enough on our honeymoon. Consider it forgotten. Sally gives a warm smile and goes to find Rain. The doorbell rings and Jeff excuses himself to go answer it. Ah, yes. How are you, Marvel pal? Marv is a man that doesn't speak much. He's dressed very down for this event. Torn jeans, plain black t-shirt with a hoodie, and those beige flip-flops that have the weird fraying on the sides of the foot straps. The hoodie is on and stays on. Hey, I see you didn't bring anything. I heard a rumor that you were bringing bells. Patience. Yes, well, come on in. I'm sorry, am I... Is this right? Uh, actually, I'm kind of glad you paused. Could you read Jeff... More like like burnt cranberries. Like less mahogany. Like Think like a hick with his mouth full that's traveled to Africa for the first time and to his surprise they have smartphones and shoes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, great. Will you just say that last line again? Yes, well, come on in. Jeff gestures to take Marv's jacket, but Marv declines. He beelines for the kitchen. When no one is looking, he crawls into the fridge and closes the door. Oh, there you are, Sally. Sorry, I I was just... Don't mention it. I I just saw Marv come in. We have to find it and find out if he has it. We can't let someone be us. This is our year. We worked so hard. Honestly, babe, I don't think it's that big a deal. We can still enjoy the party. Are you in or are you out? (sighs) Anything for you, pal. Uh, The line is anything for you, Sal. Uh, Like Sally. Oh, right. Okay, yes. Uh, Thank you. Austin, can you just say your line again? Uh, Yeah, sure. No problem. Ready? Uh, Actually, while I have you paused here, Austin, could you read Sally a bit more avant-garde? You know, like a Picasso painting or a jelly donut? You know, think like I come from Japanese royalty, but I'm also white. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm smelling what the rock is cooking. Great. Okay. Then I'm ready. 
Are you in or are you out? Anything for you, gal. No, it's Sal. Sal, like the name of your girlfriend? Like a cute little nickname that you call your girlfriend? Oh, Sal. Yeah, okay. I get it now. Can we take it back one more time? Uh, yeah. Yeah, just Sal, okay? Sal. Got it. Are you in or are you out? Anything for you, Pascal. That was worse. I see that that was worse. I promise I'll just re-record it at home when I'm editing. Uh, fine. Yes. Just move on. Great. Split up. Go around west and I'll take east and we'll meet back in the library. Got it. The two do their secret handshake and split up in search of Marv. Jeff is also being the nosy one this evening. He doesn't compete as he is the host every year and he feels because of this, he misses out on some of the drama. He shimmies off to his bedroom and pulls out a small jar. He takes a small pinch of the powdery substance inside his hand and makes his way to the dining room. He lifts Sally and Rain's platter and sprinkles the powder over it. Sally and Rain have made it to the library. Any sign of him? No, but I overheard the ruse bragging about how they got Zuck. They are going to be so mad when we win. If we can find Marv, that is, let's loop around outside and I'll meet you by the pool. As they sneak around the house, Jeff Bezos crawls out of the fridge wearing Marv's clothes. Marv? Marv, where did you go? Marv? <gasps> Jeff Bezos? The whole party turns to look. It is indeed Jeff Bezos. The chaos from inside has gotten Sally and Rain's attention. They peer in to see the action from the kitchen window. No one wins. Jeff Bezos ascends. That's right, motherfuckers. He fucking ascends. Sally and Rain high five. They've won. But the McMansion ceilings are only so high. He gets trapped. The party guests are scared. Jeff pulls out a gun. I'm finally gonna win. Jeff begins shooting Jeff Bezos so many times. So much death. Jeff Bezos' entrails rain down everywhere. The party guests shout in amazement and open their mouths toward the sky to feast on this cloudy with a chance of meatball style spectacle. Bezos is dead. Jeff has won the billionaire's potluck. (laughs) 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 Wow. Yeah, I just, I loved how this one was. Like, every line was funny. You... (laughs) You have really improved as a writer over the last couple of months that we have been doing this. Yeah, you got really into the game of the scene right out of the gate, which I loved. And it was a fun game, you know. I think that you could have maybe taken a bit farther, but of course, we only write in an hour. Yeah, yeah, you know, I would have loved to have added a couple other kooky characters telling their tales of how they murdered their billionaires to get them to the potluck. But, you know, time got away from me and I needed to wrap it up, so. Well, and, you know... All right. Uh, um, hi, I'm Blake Brown, and uh, I thought the sketch was perfect, Megan. And, and I definitely don't think I need any editing, writing, audio, or otherwise. Yeah, I do wish it had more Jeffrey Epstein, though, because you know me. I love and support pedophilia, and Jeffrey Epstein is actually my personal hero. And that's why I know so much about him. Beep, boop, doo, dee, da, pussy, pussy, pussy. <laughs> yeah, pussy farts in Mesopotamia. I love my girlfriend, Danny, so much. I want to eat all her belongings <laughs> and vomit them all back up 
so they have traces on me, on them, and when she touches literally anything, she will be touching my insides. Well, dip my ding-dong into a vat of warmed puss towels and call me Andy Griffith. This show is over. Wow. Um, where were we? Where, where did we? So Jesus. we've been not gone only for two sketches. Did I do a meta sketch? <laughs> Negative. Dose meta. Yeah. That was. Uh, that uh, was. It's crazy weird to write the same sketch twice. Austin. It's really. Oh, <laughs> and that's why we're having this conversation right now. As I'm writing it, we yeah. can have this open conversation about yeah. it. So I'm gonna say one thing, and uh, well, b- before I say that, I think it's crazy that both Austin and Megan broke the fourth wall mm-hmm. yeah. wrote a really meta sketch you know why i think that's crazy don't say it because no you didn't no you didn't i no you shut didn't. up no, you didn't. shut up i i know i know i know did not you really had me going man i know i know i know too much i would have literally destroyed everything in this room if you did <laughs> his eyes would have turned white no. So essentially that sketch and we can talk about Austin's as well. I'm sorry I had to interrupt you and 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 go to mine, but essentially the concept of mine was that these people There was a concept? Yep. They have a potluck every year and they are they go hunt for billionaires. And whoever can get the one who's closest to the top of the Forbes list wins Mm. and so sally and rain are really excited because they went to france and murdered what's his name arnault that owns louis vuitton would that be pronounced arno maybe and he is number two and so they're like oh yeah fuck yeah we're gonna win this year and then jeff g-e-o-f-f which the audience won't know that until i just said it um is like i don't know marv's got bezos and then he is jeff bezos and then Jeff J E O F F murders him and wins his own contest. So Megan, you have a joke that relies on the audience knowing that one Jeff is spelled J E F F and the other one is spelled G. Um, for G-E-O-F-F. the listener, uh, yep. you just got to see this sketch. I mean, everything's spelled differently. It's crazy. Okay. You know? <laughs> Every time you see a name, it's spelled differently. Like, anyways. Wow. Um, yeah. The the meta sketch. Uh, if you're doing a meta sketch, your actual sketch needs to be a lot simpler and not come back to nope. as much. Because <laughs> um, nope. I loved it. I think are it's they, great. Are they, are, is this a meta battle right now? Dude, we're in a meta fight. Look, I, will I say, fought Dan Harmon four separate meta times, meta. and he shared with me his knowledge about how to be a hack and do meta, meta jokes. I, w- I will say that um, I ended my sketch the same way that you did. Yeah? The exact same way. With... With... Uh, well, you're just gonna know. Nope, you're just gonna have to find out when we get there. Jimmy's turn. For yeah, the listener, you're gonna to have to Jimmy find out now. when we Jimmy's get there. Jimmy's turn. All right. Um, sorry to break this cycle of confusing Violence. meta, but here we go. Hold to on, Jimmy, I gotta find your sketch. I have to sift okay. through forty emails. <laughs> this is how you know it's not a meta sketch because the title is Chicky Taco Combo. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be meta. The worst. <laughs> The worst sci-fi meta title ever. Um, Cool. So we have an interviewer uh, who I think I'd like to be played by Blake. Great choice. (laughs) 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 And uh, uh, Wendy, if uh, Megan, if you don't mind taking this role. Yep. 
Um, and I would keep it pretty, I would keep the pace, you know, not super fast, but, you know. Let's quick. get that energy up. Yeah, I get the energy. Let's get that energy I mean, up, it's, a, it's an interview. I would, I don't know. Cooking. Maybe that was a, a, too misleading because I, I don't want zip you guys to speed. Zip zap up. Basically, it's a meta sketch. So think outside of yourself when you're reading it. Mm-hmm. Think of yourself in the mind of a goat, but with the eyes of a rascal. What should me and Austin hmm. think? You guys should be listening as if you're birds on the moon, mm-hmm. but you're not, you know. That's that's my favorite album from uh, Death Grips, Birds, Birds on the Moon. On the moon. Mm. Birds on the Moon. Yeah. So everyone read that way and listen that Jonas way, or you're not going to get it. Okay. Here is... Chicky Taco Combo. We see the outside of a Taco Bell slash KFC Combo fast food chain restaurant. We then cut to an interviewer in a heavily stained employee uniform with a manager pin, taking a seat across a hopeful applicant. The smell of chicken and fire sauce fills the air. He slowly reviews the applicant's resume and makes some interesting nods, and after a while, the interview begins. We here at the, the Combo KFC Taco Bell fast food chains really appreciate you coming in today. We are looking for the brightest minds in the fast food industry. Yes, uh, thank you for taking the time to meet with me. It's such a great opportunity. To be honest, I've applied to a bunch of places since I got out of college, but the KFC Taco Bell combo chain restaurants were at the top of my list. Yeah, sure. So it says here you went to uh, Harvard, Yale, Duke, and even studied abroad at Oxford University. Yes, I really wanted to diversify my education as much as possible. I want to bring real value to the workplace. Well, Wendy, uh, I'm going to cut to the chase. This resume of yours doesn't impress me. We get Ivy Leaguers walking off the street almost every day thinking they can make a cheesy gordita crunch and a KFC famous bowl all in one run. But let me tell you, it's harder than you think. Can you tell me a little bit about your internship at NASA? Yes, of course. We studied the weight and nutritional value of every food known to man. We wanted our astronauts to get the best value in space. We cross-examined everything from the taco to the chicken. Let me just, sorry, let me just stop you right there, Wendy. NASA's a load of horseshit. You may have studied food for astronauts, but nothing more American than getting a bucket of fried chicken and a Mexican pizza from the same building. You got me? Of course, sir. Besides, we don't make food for human earth deserters that just decide (laughs) to move to space. We make food for the everyday family man and also poor people. And and that's why I wanted to work here more than anything, sir. The efficiency and true excellence that one must need to break every culinary rule that exists to, to do the unthinkable. If this place can exist, anything can exist. Quit trying to sweet talk me. Your CIA spy training won't work on me. I've worked with the best of them. I've, I meant no offense. I, I'm just nervous is all. It's quite all right. Look, why don't we talk a little bit about your duties you performed as a hostage negotiator? Yes, oh, it was a great program. I successfully helped over 40 people reconsider the beauty of life and all there is to live for. I'm so proud to say everyone I ever spoke to made it off a ledge and safely into the arms of their loved ones. Yeah, okay, uh, but no previous job experience, like like for money? That, that's correct. 
Yeah, that's what I thought. Wendy, look, uh, your resume means nothing at the end of the day. I'm going to give you um, a real test. Let's try some some role play. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. I'll be the person in a drive through ordering, and you take my order. Okay, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, hello? Hello, welcome to KFC and also Taco Bell. How can I help you? Uh, yeah, uh, let me, let me take a look at the menu. Hmm. Can I get a beefy five layer burrito? Okay. Yeah. Anything else for you today? Oh, um, a Baja blast. Gotta get a Baja. Babe, you want anything? I want some of those popcorn nugget things. Yeah. And we'll also take an order of the popcorn nuggets. I don't want the meal. Just the nuggets. Okay, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay, babe, I got it. That's what I said. Just the nuggets. Please on that. Uh, Sir, uh, this Taco Bell, we couldn't possibly also have... Gotcha. Well, well, uh, Little Miss Nobel Prize can't read between the lines. I'm so sorry. I just need more practice. Please, I want this job more than anything. Look, Wendy, I think you're a great gal. I really do. You've got a lot of potential. I just I just don't think this is going to work out. I get it. <laughs> I get the sketch. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. It's not going to work out. I get it. Yeah. I mean, I get it, too. This is pretty straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> I finally understand it. I, get I know it. it's super meta at the end. It was like a Terrence Malick sketch. Yeah. Mm. Terrence Malick cool. did sketch comedy. Uh, Terrence Malick, if you're listening to this uh, podcast, you're I would I would like it. No, um, I and hold on, uh, Logan. Logan Terrence says Malick. that. Not hold on, just a second. You are a worm to me. Hey, uh, and okay, sorry, sorry, Terrence. Don't you're listen cute. to my compatriot here. Just what, just I'd like Charlie. I'd Sheen's like to invite in you, Terrence Malick, to be the first, the first. Subscriber to subscriber to get punched the in the face by me. Danger now stop. The Danger Junior Writers Room Only, only fans. fans. And Hey-o. Megan knows and Megan knows what I'm I know talking all about. about. Terrence Malik, get on Terrence there, buddy. Malik. A private invitation. A free one month. A free month for you, my friend. Terrence yeah, Malik. Only thing you're getting is Shut pictures up. of my butt. Hole. Shut up. Maybe that's what he wants. I like your sketch, Jimmy. I liked your Jimmy, sketch a lot. Jimmy, I like this because uh, it is relatable. To our generation. It's so relatable. And look, Jimmy, any chance I get to to be an asshole, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy that time. I knew it. You see, I, I knew work you in like this one. The listener. I, I also, work in the service industry. I, I don't get to do like, that often. I feel like I am Wendy a little bit. Mm. And that voice that I used, uh, if any if any of my previous employers are listening, that is my the, the voice that I do yeah. when I'm in an interview. And it's fake as fuck. I and I, I hate it. I don't think anyone's walked into an interview and has been their most genuine self. Me. So. That's that's the only if I don't if I don't get a job as just setting them up for exactly what what they need to expect then then it wasn't meant for me, dude. I like, to, like you're cool as fuck. So it's, I, I like walk to, into it and I and I do this. I say, "Hello. Hello." Like, <laughs> I like to go into interviews and really fuck it up more than normal like I act in the opposite direction so that if I manage to eke out the job, they'll be like, Jesus Christ, this guy's a superstar. But I'm really just being myself. 
Oh, so you set the oh. bar low. Yeah, as low as humanly possible. But you know it's- what's crazy is that I have never, if I have gotten an interview for a job, I've been offered that job. Same. I've never not been offered a job. And I'm Jesus. fake as fuck in those interviews, so. I once had a guy, this, is, this was the craziest thing that ever happened to me. Uh, it was a sales job, and I'm really glad I didn't get it because he was super douchey. But it did make a lot of money, so a part of me did want it. But I would go in there, and he's like, yeah, man, uh, you know, this really isn't going to be like a formal interview. Like, if I like you, I like you. And, you know, if I don't, then, you know, it's just, it is what it is or whatever. And uh, we hang out for an hour, like just shooting the shit, Sick. doing bits, yeah. yeah, laughing, killing it, whatever. And he's like, all right, man, I'll see you later. Yeah, Never got a call. And I was like... Did you immediately? He's like, I, he's like, I'm gonna know immediately if I like you. Look, it's like, did you not like me and hang out with me for an hour? I wonder if he was like a hiring. He was like, this guy needs friends. Look, look, this guy's lonely. I can maybe. Yeah. Look, 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 look. I've been in in plenty of interviews. I know exactly what happened to you, brother. You you outfunded him. You outfunded him. He he was intimidated by you, and he said, "I can't, I can't, I can't do this, man. This guy's funnier this, than me. He's for this my narrative. job. Yeah, yeah. I've been killing in the office day yeah. in, day out. I'm, I'm maybe even going to hook up with Janet over there, the secretary, and Which that's was what he dog. thinks because he's a yeah, it's a dog, <laughs> furry, and and he he saw you, and he was like, I really like this guy. And he's like, wait a second, this guy's a threat to me." To Janet. To Janet, for sure. And my yeah. hot dog. That's what happened to you, so don't feel bad about it. Girlfriend. It's just his own fragile insecurity. He did say at know? one point, that kind of makes sense, because at one point he was like, you like, uh, you know, you like you like Janet over here? And I was like, oh, well, nah, I mean, I don't know. And he was like, no, it's okay. Just, you know, and she's, it's Jan- Janet, say hi. And the honest. dog was like, Mwah. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I was like, hello, <laughs> I'm Jimmy. <laughs> and he was like, no, that's great. You know, you like, you like her. She, maybe she likes you back. <laughs> I was like, I guess I do kinda, this. Cocaine. I guess I kind of like her. Do this cocaine with and me, right? Wait, now. this is this is the you're the wolf of Wall Street, aren't you? Oh, 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 all right, I'm going to tell you guys who you're playing, okay? And let me read through my sketch so I know who's it. So, uh, Megan, you're playing Hillary. Okay. The girl. Got him, boys. Jimmy and Austin both played girls in my sketch. Okay, before, before we get into this sketch, Logan did Rain say off microphone, this one's not, not about the billionaire pedophile elite. It's not. Okay. It's and not. Okay. There's a character named Hillary, but okay. I made a point of not writing a sketch about pedophiles and Jeffrey Epstein on an island. Okay. Uh, Great. Good thing I wrote it into um, mine for you. Um. Uh, all right, everyone, paying attention. Megan, you are playing Hillary. Um. Let's see here. Let's see here. Trying to get everybody apart here. Megan, you're gonna play Hillary. Uh, Blake, you're gonna play Nick. Austin, you're gonna play desk clerk. Okay. And Jimmy, you're gonna play Sparky. Okay, and I'm gonna read stage directions. Cool. Everybody, cool with that? So cool with that. Why don't we do a roll call? Tell me what who you're playing. Hillary. Desk clerk. Nick. Sparky. Cool. All right, Austin. I'm gonna start read or Jamie. I'm gonna start reading. Okay. Okay. This is my sketch. It's called "Feel the Burn." A car drives down a street, winding through the neighborhoods and storefronts of beautiful Vermont. It comes to a stop in front of a rather large office building. 
A woman steps out of the car. This is Hillary. She exhales, gathers herself, and walks in through the front door and up to a desk in the foyer. Hi, I was sent here by the Jumbie Company. Oh, yeah, you're one of the temps? Uh, Yeah, should I just go back? Uh, Stay right there. I'll get Sparky. The desk clerk picks up her phone and dials a room. The other line picks up. Hey, Sparky, one of the new temps is here. You want to come show her the place? Okay, yeah, she's here waiting for you. The desk clerk hangs up the phone. He'll be right up. You can wait in one of those chairs. Okay. You smoke weed? What? You heard me. Um, I, I've smoked before, but I, I don't regularly smoke, no. Well, don't smoke in the building. I have asthma. <laughs> Noted. You look like you smoke weed. Hillary is confused, but just then Sparky enters the room through a double door to her left. I'll take it from here, Bromhilda. Thank you for watching our new employee. Sparky shakes Hillary's hand. Name's John Sparks, but most everyone here calls me Sparky. I'm the head of operations. Why don't I show you around? All right. She takes a second. Um, so, and I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I was told the position I would be filing what, or, I was, I was told the position I would be filling was a caretaker. This doesn't look like a nursing home. Oh, Broomhilda didn't tell you. Um, no. They start walking into the double doors and through the facility. Everything on the other side of the doors Hillary notices looks oddly like a government building, maybe like a state capitol or an old library. This is the facility where we house Mr. Sanders. Mr. Sanders? Bernie. Bernie Sanders, the politician. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I didn't know he was sick. Oh, he's not sick. He's perfectly healthy. Sparky's pager goes off. Beep, 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 beep. He checks it and makes a serious and grave face. Oh, I hate to break this off prematurely, but I have something very pressing to attend to. I'll have to leave you in the capable hands of my partner, Nicholas. His office is just there at the end of the hallway. Farewell, for now. Oh, I, I didn't ask your name. It's Hillary. Yikes, he's not gonna like that. <laughs> you best just go by Jody while you're here. The burn likes Jody Foster. You look like her. Oh, okay, sure. Th- thanks for the intro, Sparky. Jody knocks on Nicholas's office door. It's open. She steps in. Hi. Uh, sorry for the intrusion. Mr. Sparks said that you could finish filling me in on what I'll be doing here. I- I'm one of the temps from the Jumbie Company. Sparky couldn't fill you in himself? Kind of like how a penis fills in a vagina. Excuse me. I'm trying to get a hold of my incredibly aggressive sexual tendencies. Um, you're excused? Stop me if someone's already told you this, as I'm sure you already know. Bernie Sanders did not win the 2020 election, and he's also very old. Well, myself, Sparky, and a few colleagues realized he probably won't live to see another election and deserves to die a happy and successful Vermont resident. So, we've been holding him here, unbeknownst to him, convincing him that he did, in fact, win the 2020 presidential election. What? Yes, he has no idea. He can never know. This is our mission and our sacrifice. No one is paying us for this. We each come in four hours a day and hand feed him, change his diaper, brush his hair. It's all part of the process. Isn't that illegal? What are you going to fucking narc? Nick pulls out a switchblade. Jesus. Sparky bursts through the door. Nicholas, put down that knife. I have terrible news. The president has been assassinated. What? 
No! They all run down the hallway. Other people in the building notice and join the commotion. They make it to the president's chambers and flood into the room. Nick and Sparky fall down onto the floor in a torrent of tears. How could this have happened? He just killed over and died. It must have been poison. Oh, Bernard! As they wail, Jody manages to push through and get a glimpse of the president's body. Only, it isn't Bernie Sanders' body at all. It's a dead raccoon in a tuxedo with a wig glued to its head. Nicholas? Sparky, that... That's not Bernie Sanders. That's a dead raccoon in a tuxedo with a wig glued to its head. Suddenly, she realizes this was never a facility meant to house presidential candidate Bernie Sanders. These people are mad. They've been driven insane by the futility of the United States electoral system. They've been driven insane to the point of raving, violent hallucination, and at the sound of her voice, they all turn to look at who could have brought them such terrible news. Blackout. Bye, Jody. Wow, that's art. That is art. Mm -hmm. Very pointed political criticisms there, and I like it. Mm. Did you guys like to part with the raccoon that had a wig on it? I'd like the to raccoon. see that. So where like do feel you that. get stuck in the hour that you can only write the exposition? And like, what what part do you think was the hardest for you to come up with? What do you mean? So like when we were writing, you were mm-hmm. well, I was like 10 minutes and you were like, holy fuck, I just finished the exposition. So originally, I'm going to tell you guys my script. Mm-hmm. Originally, the idea that I had was this is... The idea that I had for the sketch was a bunch of people trying to convince Bernie Sanders that he actually won the 2020 election. Love it. That's right? Funny. And it was going to be like the guy leading him through and being like, this is what we do for Bernie and this is what we do. You know what I mean? And yeah. he's like, I, I won the election. I won president of the... And, the, and you know, it's like him just being like a raving you lunatic. sure did. Right. And then he dies and they think it was a presidential assassination. And then, a, and I'm not going to tell you because I'm going to use this later, a special, a special mystery detective Ooh, comes meta. and helps them solve the case of who killed Bernie Sanders. It's Special Agent Cooper it's from not Twin special Agent Peaks. Dale Cooper it's Twin Peaks. Peaks. It is not Special Agent Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks. Uh, and they find out that he's just old and he wasn't assassinated and he just died because he was old. Oh. Yeah. Mm. And that was the original script, but excuse me, I got to Nick's room where he, you're, where I'm like explaining that they're trying to convince Bernie Sanders he's president, and you were like ten minutes, and I was like, <laughs> well, <laughs> my mind. president has been killed. Yeah. Well, so. I love the I love the uh, the bounciness of the dialogue. Like it felt really like I don't know, just chipper, I guess, in a way. Like I love the line where it was like. Well, don't smoke smoke in the building. I have asthma. Moving on. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I yeah. love the like. I was going for a Cohen Brothers. Yeah, that was really yeah. funny. I was going for a. Yeah, man, I really wish you could. Well, you had enough time to do that full sketch. Well, yeah, maybe. I love the sketch idea. I think maybe you, maybe that's the one I bring back. That's the one you bring this back. My when Soderbergh we go back, sketch. When we do the come back in time. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do like that one a lot. Um, I mean, for the record, I do like the raccoon thing. Yes, I wish like because, Bernie Sanders was alive for like one more. Yeah, minute. especially when you you put in there like we change his diaper and we brush his hair and stuff. It's like, what? Like uh, reading as Jody, I was like, he, okay, like yeah, he's old, so maybe he wears a diaper, but like, yeah. What if Jody has to become Bernie Sanders, or has I to like find that. a Bernie Sanders? I like that. To replace the raccoon. Megan, let's hear your best Bernie Sanders impression. No. <laughs> Damn it. 
<laughs> Damn it, this uh, was my plan. <laughs> I've just been trying to get Megan to impersonate Bernie Sanders for years. This whole time, hey, I've hey. just been trying to imagine. Only in the bedroom, babe. Ooh. Sexy. <laughs> I think after Slavage, Zizek will no longer do celebrity Ooh, impersonations. Wow, wow, wow. So, and it wasn't about pedophiles, and Jeffrey Epstein wasn't a character. And nor it was, was great. Maxwell. And it was great. It was a great political sketch. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. Next. Right. Okay. Blake. Blake Next is time. you, Blake. Oh. <laughs> Blake. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, sorry, I'm taking Logan out to the bedroom right now. Ooh. I'm going to do my Bernie Sanders impression. I'm Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. All right. So, Jesus Christ. This is a YouTube video that I wrote. Cool. All right. So, uh,. Austin, you'll be playing Logan Hansent. Uh, Megan, you'll be playing Sylvia. And uh, Jimmy, you'll be playing Kelly. Sick. And I'm going to read stage directions. And Logan is going to read stage directions so I don't <laughs> fuck it up. So he doesn't fuck it up. All right. Here we okay. go. This is my sketch. It's called Pro Audio Palooza Reviews Tube versus Solid State Preamps. Hey, everyone. Logan Hansent from Pro Audio Palooza here. I've been getting a lot of requests for a video comparing the sound of tube preamps to solid state preamps. There is a huge difference between the two, and this video should help educate you on what's right for your project. Now, the main difference between tube and solid state preamps is pretty straightforward. The gain stage portion of this particular preamp is where you will find this tube. You might be wondering, what's that tube doing there? What's its purpose? Does any of this really matter? And I'm here to tell you that yes, it does. For the gearheads, this is a Bayfex channel, and I'm running a Shure SM7B into it. From there, I'm running it straight into my Effigy 2 pre-interface. Now, typically, I would be running an absolute onslaught of DSP plugins right there on the interface. That's pre-DAW for the layman. But today, I don't need it. You see, this Bayfex channel has everything I need. We're talking a compression algorithm on the volume input, straight into a dynamics processing section, which is compromised of a fixed ratio compressor with a medium hardening and a tweakable threshold. It's then funneled into a logic-assisted gate and a de-esser. From there, you've got your patented oral exciter in a parametric EQ section to boot. Then, the magic happens. Your signal is then funneled straight into a cathode follower circuit that shoots all the magic straight through a teleskunk and vacuum tube, you know, new old stock from the 60s. Now, of course, that's going to boost your gain stage current and do so within the vacuum tube. Mm -hmm. The draw here is that a signal boosted through a gain stage located tube is colored in a very pleasant sounding way, unlike solid state. Solid state transistors are more modern and act in an almost opposite way when boosting a signal. That is, of course, that it doesn't color your sound. Besides being more durable, a solid state transistor works on your signal in a much more transparent way, but enough of the science lesson, let's hear the difference. At this point, the camera switches over to the inside of the Pro Audio Palooza vocal booth. We see two SM7B microphones set up side by side, both hooked up to tube and solid state preamps. Logan Hansen cues his audio engineer from the small GoPro camera in the booth and begins to sing a chorus of Mad World, the cover by Gary Jules into each mic. All around me are familiar faces, worn out places, worn out faces. 
bright and early for their daily races. Going nowhere, going nowhere. Their team. <laughs> Sing it. Sing it. Their tears are filling up their glasses. No expression. No expression. Hide my head. I want to drown my sorrow. No tomorrow. No tomorrow. Sylvia, was that a good take? Blink the light if I'm good to move into the next preamp. From behind the Pro Audio Palooza recording console. Sylvia pushes the button to cue her co-worker. As he starts to sing once again, she eases back into her chair. She tunes out while Logan she tunes out while Logan Hansen works through the chorus of Mad World by Gary Jules on the SM7B hooked up to the Black Leopard Audio solid state preamp. She notices Logan's phone starts to vibrate. She ignores it for a time. It rings a few more times. Compelled by her curiosity, she picks up his phone and checks to make sure everything is all right. After all, if a phone rings multiple times, it's probably an emergency. She thinks to herself. She unlocks the phone with the code 2138008 and checks the most recent caller. It's Logan's girlfriend. As she checks the phone's calls, the phone rings once more. Sylvia answers. Hi, this is Sylvia from Pro Audio Palooza. I work with Logan, but he's recording a Bluetooth video right now. Is everything okay? Hi, Sylvia. This is an emergency. I, I need you to deliver a message from me to Logan. Sylvia glances into the vocal booth at the GoBro monitor and sees he is still struggling through the chorus of Mad World by Mad Gary Jules. World. All right, I'll let him know in a sec. What's the message? We're pinned down right now. There's a gang of teenagers with suckers in their mouths staring menacingly through our upstairs window. I, I tried to shoo them away, but, but they won't leave. Do you need me to call the police? I, I can send a wellness check over. That's the thing. I, I called the police and the phone was dead. You're the first person I've got a hold of. None of my neighbors answered either. The whole sub subdivision is it's a ghost town. There's teens in every tree. What's worse is our genius porcupine, the one that delivers psychic messages for us. He was running in circles. You see, he has four left feet. Human baby feet, in fact. When he runs in circles, I know to check his little porcupine typing hub for messages. Usually it's just requests for food. But this time, he told us that my father has been eaten alive by a thousand flamingos. I didn't know what to make out of that. Wait. No. Sylvia! The teens are in the house! No! The line goes dead. Worried, Sylvia looks down at Logan's phone, then at the GoBro monitor feed of the vocal booth. Completely unaware, Logan Hansen has nailed the take of Gary Jules' cover of Mad World and has moved on to his final monologue. And there you have it, folks. Did you hear the difference? Real subtle warmth from that tube. Don't forget to leave a like and comment which one you prefer. And of course, subscribe for more comparisons and gear reviews. I've been Logan Hansen from Pro Audio Palooza, and I will see you lovely folks next time. Bye. Loved Fuck. it, dude. Fuck you, Blake. <laughs> I really... I really <laughs> I really thought that uh, when uh, Kelly called that she was going to be calling to break up with Logan. And I was like, oh, the first sketch that was about a breakup. You see, I no, thought about doing Chuck that. And Testa. then I thought I, I thought, thought about those those uh, teens with suckers in their mouth uh, in a tree staring menacingly. Staring menacingly. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I thought. It's a good image. How do I work that in yeah. into a breakup? You way, know? Sexier yeah, way sexier than a breakup. So I turned it into a horror film. <laughs> I like to the um, 
really smart genius porcupine. Mm-hmm. I wrote down porcupines in my notes as well. In my head, I played that character. That was a character I was the playing, porcupine. and I, I was telling the story. What would his accent have been if he could speak English? If a porcupine could speak English, what would its accent be? Yeah. It would be like, uh, my wife, you know. Mm. It would yeah. be like, uh, if a porcupine could speak English, it would be like, when you get to the big restroom, how Class- is it that you keep people from knowing this? Classic classic Borat you one know? from that porcupine. My name's Chad Borat, you know. <laughs> Oh, it's Chad Borat the Borat. Yeah, it's I forgot the, Chad it's Borat. The, the, the when you the wine sommelier from that dinner sketch. Chad Borat. Oh, my gosh. Yep. That is meta. It's That is so meta. And this was all written in. <laughs> and so that You're was, right. And, and so that was, that was a fake all, ding. the end of Here's Austin's the re- sketch. That, now my wow, sketch is in. Wow. Austin. Are you guys ready to oh talk about my sketch? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That was incredible. <laughs> and so now it's Jimmy's turn. All right, here All I right, go. Let's do it. Let's pull it up. It's yeah. 18 pages yeah. long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what time is it? Oh, Poop man. and fart. Really oh. have time for mine. No. Burr. I think, look, Jimmy, I think we have enough content for mine. And I think if we were to do yours, it would just. It was shit. Yeah, it yeah, would really kill it. The whole awesome. podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, what'd you guys think of my sketch? <laughs> I liked it. I liked the last part. <laughs> I think it was cool. I liked the part right before that. I think it's cool how well you know us, Austin, yeah. that you could write a, a sketch for all of us that kind of represents yeah. what we normally write. I think well, the you, bugs help. Yeah, the bugs. Sorry, listening devices. Ah, uh, I don't. Uh-huh. I don't plant bees in your car. Yeah, I, was, I thought it was like that a, would be worse. I thought it was like a Philip K. Dick. And you know what, Austin? Mm. That's what I love about you is you're yeah. thorough. Mm-hmm. Listening devices is that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think if you had known me well enough, though, you would have put pedophiles in the sketch, but that's... That's true. He put it in mind for that's you. That's why I was trying to yeah. subvert expectations. It was yeah. pretty that's clever why that you so did that. Clever. You should write a Star it Wars It was movie. very um, Blake for you to write Blake a sketch about audio equipment. Yeah. Audio equipment and that it goes like... Like, imagine... It really went into Like, it. Superman threw a tennis ball and you have to, like, keep looking out over the horizon. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where Blake's sketches went. And you think, oh, it's going to stop. No, it just keeps going. Just yeah. keeps yeah. going. Yeah. Until it. it hits you in the back of the head and you have no idea what the fuck happened. Yeah. And the sketch you wrote for me about the one that I wrote was very funny. Like, yeah. It's almost yeah. like, you know, that was going to be. Yeah, that it's, was like, that it's like you could have yeah. just written that sketch. Yeah. It's, it's like Jimmy wrote the most traditional of the sketches this week. It's like. And I knew he would you do, do that. that. That's thing, why I wrote it that way. You do that thing where I very yeah. rarely use any of the inspiration from our talks at yeah. all. And yeah. But at the last second, I was like, all right, I'll use one thing. That's totally <laughs> something I would do. Yeah. Very insightful, Austin. Yeah. Thank you. Very insightful. Yeah. Thank you for this episode, Austin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For you. writing the whole hour long episode. I'm glad I could also write this part where we talked about my sketch. No, this it, is, yeah. no it, this ended. You're, you're no, wrong. No, this is, guys, keep reading. This is all part of the we sketch. We already heard the noise. We already heard the noise. What the so hell? No, wait. Oh, no. That was the end of the sketch. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so great. Would you all believe me if it took me that's actually crazy. Um, that's three crazy. months to write the sketch? As yeah. soon as we started it, I was like, I'm going to start writing the sketch. And then You've I, been writing crazy. the sketch since we've been doing the podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was incredible. Yeah, it was beautiful. That's why I wasn't here last week. I was trying to find yeah. Why? Wait a minute. How come before I it's say a really... what I'm going to say, the words appear, <laughs> appear on, on the, the page? page. <laughs> what? 
I don't under. It's a really good thing that hamburger, <laughs> cheeseburger. That's it's crazy. A, it's a really good ah! thing that Jimmy ah! implemented that sound so that you could get that joke in there three times. I managed to perfect it vocally. Yeah, that's how I was able to do it. Yeah. I don't know, guys. Uh, for the listeners, tell me, tell me what you think. Tell us what you think. Uh, if you think yeah. this is a little crazy, well, it is. We're living it, and uh, <laughs> feel free to follow us on OnlyFans or Patreon. We're working on. I'm going to be showing hole on OnlyFans. So, oh, you heard it here I'm first. I'm going to do a Belle Delphi thing where I don't like show my butthole, but I do like. I'm showing everything. I wouldn't know anything about that. If you're if you're drinking milky chicken coke, <laughs> definitely let us know. <laughs> yeah. In the comments <laughs> on some platform. <laughs> Let's go home, boys. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I'm tired. Goodbye. Bye bye. Hit the noise again. Hit the noise again. The Danger Junior Writer's Room is a Danger Junior production, come sock, produced by Austin Zessen, Logan Baggerly, Megan Castleberry, Jimmy D, and Blake Brown, come sock, engineering by Jim D, and Blake Brown, come sock, edited by Austin Zessen, come sock, theme song by Blake Brown, Jimmy D, and Logan Baggerly, come sock. Make sure to follow this show and all Danger Junior productions at Danger JRPR on Twitter and Instagram. That's Danger Junior Productions spelled Danger JRPR on Twitter and Instagram. Come sock. All right, she dead now. Bye bye.